Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Crunch Time. I'm Mikey. Thank you all for joining in and listening. I know it's been a while, but today we have a very special guest. Please welcome former middleweight WBO champion Lonnie Bradley. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Mikey. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. So excited to, to speak with you today. And I see behind you, you've got you've got the boxing rink right behind you. Just kind of kind of tell me where you're at right now before we get into the interview. Yes, of course. I'm at Mendez Gym in uh, Manhattan. Actually, it's in Harlem. It's a brand new gym that just opened up. And uh, this is it now. You know, great place. And, uh, you know, it's coming together. And soon, you know, last night, this place was crowded. So uh, this is where I'm at, Mendez New Boxing Gym up in Harlem. That's awesome, awesome. All right, so we're going to get into the interview. We always like to start them with a bit of a rewind. So I'm going to ask you a quick question about your childhood. At what age did you start becoming serious about boxing and realizing that you had some serious potential? That's a good question. Uh, the age I actually started getting serious was 18, but I've done it when I started. I started at 8 or 9. started at 8 and 9. I had uh, seen um, the Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali fight. And... Uh, I told my grandfather that's what I want to do. So that Christmas, he got my boxing gloves. So I got my first pair of Wilson boxing gloves at the age of eight. And I didn't start competing until 18, though. But uh, before then, I played other sports. I went into football and then basketball. And how would you say those sports which you played growing up kind of helped you become a great boxer? Yes, that's that's that's. I think that's what really happened because uh, – I wasn't really serious about boxing at a young age. You know, I mean, I, I had the talent. That's when I realized I had the talent to box. But then I started playing back uh, football. So you played football for four years for the Roadrunners. And um, we won it every year. And then uh, I got into uh, basketball in high school. And then when I realized I wasn't growing over six feet, I started competing back in boxing. All right, awesome. Like every successful professional boxer, you once started out as an amateur where you had great level of success. I saw you won two New York Golden Gloves championships. So what lessons did you learn from that amateur level and how did they help you when you turned pro? It was good, you know, it was good for me to actually go amateur. I stayed uh, four years as an amateur and uh, that really actually helped me out a lot. I was able to fight in some various tournaments, you know, and uh, getting a lot of experience, a lot of fights, traveling traveling over the state, even going overseas to fight. And that experience helped me out a lot because I got to fight against different styles, which prepared me for a pro debut. And, um, yeah, I mean, be fighting as an amateur, I had to fight against a softball. I had to fight against a guy that uh, is, you know, a slugger, and I had to adapt to each style. So the experience of me fighting in the amateurs gave me good experience when I decided to turn pro. That's great. And so the process from becoming amateur to professional is probably a complicated process or something that requires a few steps, definitely some thought. And so for all of our listeners who don't know the nuances of turning professional, including me, so I'm very interested, can you explain what the process entails and then ultimately what factored into your decision to turn pro in 1992? Good question. Um, well, I mean, the process, the difference between actually 
being an amateur fighter and being a professional fighter is that as an amateur, you have to throw a barrage of punches. You have to stay busy. And uh, you cannot duck, you can't, you cannot uh, duck your head. You have to block. It's a certain position you, you can't put your head down. You always have to stay in an upright position as an amateur. And you have to throw many punches. They want to see you throw a lot of punches. And in pros, and the difference between that and the pros, and in the pros, you don't have to throw a lot of punches. You can actually set up punches and, uh, you know, throw punches are much stronger. And they look for power as an amateur. I mean, I'm sorry. They look for power as a professional, and they look for speed as an amateur. That's the difference between the, the varies between the two uh, experiences. And did you have to go through certain changes to get registered and picking your fights? How did that kind of work? It, yes, you, you wouldn't pick a certain fight because you say your, your management team would be like, okay, well, they want to test you out. They want you to look good, you know, because if you're on television, it has to be good for TV. So they would match you up with someone who's probably uh, stronger than you, and you're going to have to find a way. Or someone who's not as fast as you. So there's three different kinds of fights. Fights that you should win, fights you're going to win, and fights that you have to win. So if you take into consideration of matching your fight on and each fight he has on those three levels, then that's, that's the, that is your test right there. Because he's going to put you in a fight. This is the fight you should win. This is the fight you have to win. And this is a fight, what did I say, you're going to win? Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you say this is a fight you're going to win, evidently, you know, the guy's a tomato can. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and that really sheds light on how much of a mental game boxing is, especially especially when you step in the ring against an opponent. Yeah, it really is. I mean, uh, I mean, to me, I, uh, I felt I was excited. I mean, uh, I've always had uh, fast hands, you know, and I was always, and they've been telling me since I was a kid, I'll make a great fighter. I'll make a great fighter, but I want to do other sports. But I finally. You know, took the advice, and when I turned 18, I started, I started my amateur career. Right, right. And then, you know, talking about your amateur career and growing up as a boxer, who were some mentors and idols along the way that you look for, for inspiration, guidance, and teaching throughout your career? Well, my actual uh, inspiration was the 84 Olympic team. Wow. The 1984 Olympic team with uh, Mark Breland, Vander Holyfield, Prenton Whitaker, Milton Taylor, Terrell Biggs. You know, so that there was uh, definitely, uh, in, you know, inspired me. And then in the 88 Olympics, uh, I wasn't ready for the 88 Olympics, you know. So I, I waited for the 1992 Olympics to come around. So within 88, I, that's why I actually started my amateur career. And then you talk about some big moments in your career. We have to mention May 19th, 1995, where you defeated David, uh, David Mendez in a knockout to win the WBO middleweight title. What was the feeling like to know that all your hard work paid off and that you're the champ? Oh, man, it was actually a great feeling. Um, it was a great feeling, and I didn't want to leave nothing to chance because uh, the guy, David Mendez, he was a hard puncher. 
and I didn't want any flutes, you know, I didn't want any uh, flutes to come in to, to change. Whereas that, you know, now I get I get to step up and get this fight, and I wind up losing. So I played it safe, you know, and boxed this guy because he's the kind of guy that once you hurt him, he gets stronger. So I didn't want to actually wake up a sleeping giant because I knew I can outbox this guy and win a 12-round decision. But I did stop him in the 12th round. Right. And then after that fight, you feel like you're on top of the world. You've got the belt. But then as you're going to defend defend the title through your years, did your mindset and training change, or did you stick to the same formula that drove you to that success in the, your initial fight against Mendes? Uh, I stuck with the same formula. I stuck with the same formula. The only thing that changed, I had tougher sparring partners. But as far as that, I stayed with the same formula. And, um, you know, which is the formula, you know, I use today, you know, because in training for fights, you can really – hurt yourself and you want to get to the fight you don't right. want to actually hurt yourself before you get to the fight so far when it came to me um what i've done I, what i've done i always stayed to the same format you know and the format how i trained was having quick reflexes and uh you know and toughening up my body of course all important things and then other than the Mendez fight, what would you say your most memorable moment or fight of your boxing career is? The most memorable fight was against Simon Brown. He was a two-time world champion, and uh, he was actually the first world champion that I beat. I've beaten. And, uh, you know, I guess the experts was looking for him to beat me because that year they had a couple of other fighters who fought against some journeymen. And this was their fight to step up, and they lost. They got knocked out. So when I came to my guy, who was a two-time world champion, uh, I was able to defeat him and beat him unanimously. Because you had uh, Dana Rosenblatt. He fought against Vinny Panzianza, and Vinny Panzianza stopped him. You had Shannon Briggs fought against guy Darnell Nicholson, and which was his step up into the next threshold of fighters, and he got stopped. So... When I came for me for my test, I passed it. And um, after the, before the fight, Simon Brown was very arrogant towards me. You know, it was like, who's this young guy? He doesn't belong in the ring with me. But after the fight, he told me, he said, kids, you got all the moves. You got all the moves. So, That's awesome. Safe to say you silenced the doubters for sure. Yes, yes, I definitely did. And, and then throughout your career, you won a lot of your fights via knockout and often won in the early rounds of the fight. Since boxing is such a mental sport, take us through your thought process as you're in the ring. Well, my thought process in the ring was the jab. If I could hit you with my jab anytime, you know, that was my main process, just to nullify you with my jab. And then punches would start. I would, I would actually uh, adapt other punches right off the jab. Uh, I was able to hit these guys. I was able to see more by using my jab as opposed to just being in the slugfest. You know, I didn't want to be in no slugfests, you know, because my whole uh, objective of this whole sport was to hit and not get hit. So that was my mindset, was the box. And then it came time to slug. The guy was strong enough to make me slug, then I was slug with him. But my first initiative was to box and hit and don't get hit. And what was your strategy 
to kind of keep all of distractions out because obviously you're super tough. You're a boxer, but when you're getting punched like that and hit around, you have to protect yourself. And, you know, I can't help but maybe think that sometimes you guys think for the worst. So how do you kind of drain all that noise out and solely just stay focused on the fight during the moment? You know, your body takes over. Your body and your mind, something how you've been training for weeks and for, for years. Training, you know, me having that amateur background kind of helped me on that pro level because, uh, you know, when you step into this amateur place, that's like your introduction to, uh, to that limelight because as an amateur, you have a bigger crowd all the time. So, uh, I don't want to get away from the question you asked me. What's you know, but how I adapted to it is that me having an extensive amateur career kind of like made it comfortable for me. And then now, what else made it comfortable was that I was fighting in New York a lot at the Paramount Theater, and being that I was a homegrown fighter, all my first eighteen fights was on on television, and. Um, I was always under the so I guess what it was to help me out is that from the beginning of my uh, professional career, I've always had TV dates, always fought on television. So me and I was in New York City Golden. Actually, I got a better answer for you. Me fighting in the Golden Gloves, which was on television, kind of prepared me too for the spotlight once I turned pro. Hundred percent. That makes a lot of sense. And you know, while you're at it, talking about TV. I was going to ask you this a little bit later in the interview, but this seems pretty fitting now. You know, most professional sports, you just uh, go on TV, you hop on the channels, and they're just right there on the Fox network, such um, as things like that. But boxing is unique in the sense that it's you have to buy the fight pay-per-view. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you wish that you could just turn on the TV and it'll be on a channel, or do you like the fact that people have to pay to watch and it makes it a bigger deal? At my time, I listen, uh, I like for them to just – turn on the television and watch the fight. I mean, all this pay-per-view things, yeah, you know, I guess they can pay the fighters a little bit more, but I thought if you put it on the network, man, the whole country get to see you fight. Right. So I, I, I like the networks, you know, that they have Tuesday night fights. You know, people see got a chance to see me on. Actually, that's where I got a lot of my popularity at, fighting on Tuesday night fights on USA Boxing on the TNT channel. So people could tune into that. And it was like being that I was, once I turned champion, uh, I was getting frequent fights on that network. So people got the chance to see me on television all over. That's awesome. Yeah, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you got to have a mix between the pay-per-view and the channels, but it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting experience for sure. And that, that's what makes boxing unique in a way. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hey, uh, you know, I was happy, but I was thankful for that. I was thankful for that. How things are going now, uh, I think it takes away from the fighters and their real talent because these guys are getting paid a lot more money before they can really earn it. And so in terms of that, man, like Marvin Hagler said, it's hard to get up and have to run five miles when you're sleeping in silk pajamas, you know? And these young guys is getting paid before they really get to a big fight. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then you finished your career with an amazing record of 29-1-1. 21 out of your 29 wins and 31 were knockouts. When you look back on your boxing career, what are some of the biggest things you learned and what do you hope your legacy is as a boxer? Well, what I've learned, man, uh, I was entirely blessed to come into this sport. 
you know, and, and, and achieve a lot of things, you know. Um, when I look back on it, you know, my whole actual goal was to be a champion, and I've done that. I became a champion boxer. Something I looked at here is from the time I was a little kid and told my grandpa this is what I wanted to do. And I actually went out there and achieved it. So um, me just actually staying focused long enough and being fortunate and blessed long enough to win the national tournaments and, and then actually turn pro and win a world title. I mean, not many people can say that. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. You've had, you had such an amazing career. And talking about current day boxers, who are some guys that remind you of yourself a bit when they step into the ring that you're watching now? Well, um, people said that uh, my style of boxing, that Floyd Mayweather took my style of boxing. They would always put him and I in the category together because that was my style. Was the hit, you know, I was a pure boxer. Fast hands, you know, and stuff like that. So I would see his fights and I would already know what he would be doing in order to win the fight. Other people couldn't see it, but I seen it. I'm like, wow, he, he's giving this kid a boxing lesson. And this guy, his opponent's been tough. People couldn't figure the people cannot figure him out. But I know how to defeat him. You know, and it takes a person with a good jab to beat a, another to to beat a boxer. So my style and his style, I mean, I think he's taken and perfected it, but in the beginning of his career. His style was similar to mine. That's really cool. Floyd, Floyd's one of the best there is. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, one of my final questions for you is, so boxing is often portrayed in a lot of movies. Obviously, Rocky's one of the most famous. You have Creed now. So as a boxer yourself, do you think that those movies do the sport justice? Because they're so much fun to watch and super entertaining storylines. But the sport itself, when you watch that, do you think that does the sport justice, or are you a little bit annoyed about some aspects? Yeah, let me tell you a secret, man. You know, the first made me really... Let me tell you the movies that inspired me to fight. Rocky One, the first Rocky, and Rage and Bull. Rage and Bull, huh? All right? Those were... I mean, like I said, I had three entities that, that controlled... That manipulated my mind for me to fight. Rage and Bull. My mother took me to the movies to see that. And then there was the uh, Wolf of Benitez and Sugar Bay Leonard fight. And then there was the uh, the Thriller in Manila with Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, third fight. You know? Oh, and I mentioned, and I said Rocky. So right. these pictures like that uh, definitely inspire, uh, uh, you know, young fighters. And the way, to me, I don't think there'll ever be a movie better than Rocky. I mean, they can have Rocky... They can have Creed and all these things, you know what I mean? But the thing that inspired me with Rocky, man, is just, you know, his determination, you know, and his guts and his heart. And, and then just having a, he didn't want to have to go. He didn't want to go to the gym. He didn't want to fight, you know what I mean? But right. he, had to get, he had to, you know, he had to fight for his family. He had to make things change for him. So, Hearing that music, da -da -da, da -da -da, to this day, it still gives me goosebumps, man. It makes my eyes water because I would go into Rome and put my put my robe on and start shadow boxing, watching that movie. 
I'm with you. I remember the first time that my dad showed me Rocky, and then before I knew it, I'd watched all the movies in a span of 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) And then my last question for you today is a question that we've asked pretty much everyone that's ever came on the podcast. What are some of the biggest pieces of advice that you would give to young kids who want to become a professional athlete but don't know if they'll make it to that level? Okay, well, and if you kids to this day and you want to become a professional athlete, what happened with me, the sport, I always said the sport chose me. It chose me because uh, my best friend's father actually came to me and told and asked me if I wanted to box because his son and I were good friends and his son always knew I was a good athlete. So he must have told his father about me. And then his father came to me and, you know, took me to the gym. And right then, we just went. So, but kids today, you choose your sport, you know, and there's always one sport that leads you to another sport that leads you to another sport that's preparing you. You know, I guess you're going to have to go through stages, you know, because, say, for instance, uh, I played football for four years straight. And I don't, and if I was a young kid doing boxing four years straight, I think I would be a lot more beat up, you know, as a young kid starting at 9, 10, 11, 12. I played football at those, football at those ages. So um, you're going to have to go through certain stages, you know, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, you don't choose the sport, your sport chooses you. But if you're an athlete, you know, you're going to play this you're gonna you're gonna participate in this. You're gonna participate in that, and you're gonna find out which sport you're built for. Because I thought I was built for football, and then when I got to my fourth year, I got hit so hard. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this football <laughs> <laughs> because my, my body, you, your body is built for your sport. You know, uh, you gotta have dense, you know, a lot of density in your bones as a young kid to be running and hitting and you're going to get sore. So you're going to go through, like I said, if you're an athlete, you're going to play a lot of sports. You may want to play soccer. Soccer can build up your stamina, you know, but uh, football can build up your toughness and boxing will build up your skill and basketball will build up your skill. So as a, my advice to, every, to kids, uh, you know, play different sports. See which one is suitable for you. See which one, you know, can take you to the next level. You know, because you may be a young kid, they may want to put you in soccer. All right, so now I'm running. You know, I can't use my hands. So now you may get tired of playing soccer, so now you want to use your hands. So now they're going to put you to basketball. So now, you know, I'll go to basketball. So now that I've developed this hand-eye coordination, I've built the stamina up already to run up and down the court, you know. And by that time now, your body is growing, you're developing, you're getting more and more confidence, and you're trying different things. So at the end of the day, whichever sport, you know, you choose, believe it or not, it chose you because it's going to tell you what you're ready for. 100%. Well said. That's some That's some great advice. And, yeah, I mean, you see a lot of kids, especially for you, from young, I mean, they start playing four or five sports and there's people that don't like that. But in reality, I mean, you don't have to choose a sport to really, you get a little bit older. So, you know, in my opinion, I think just 
being well-versed in all the different types of things that you can do through sports, and that'll help you become a better athlete overall. Yeah, you know, just just participate, you know, and, um, you know, have tough skin because that's a lot of Jedi mind tricks people try to <laughs> run over you, you know? And listen, you got to watch people. You got to watch people. Watch who's the good ones. Watch their moves. Watch what they do. Watch For sure. You know? And you go on your own time, and you try to see what they're doing. And then yep. you take that, and then you use it. You may even do it better than them. You know? But you got to put yourself out there, you know, to uh, try different things, you know? And just watch the other athletes. Watch what they're doing. You know? Because that could be your teacher, too. <laughs> 